Hi, I'm Sonia, a disgruntled voter from a now-disgraced Continental Political Party, seeking refuge in radio. Tonight's show is from the HQ of the Carenza Peacock Fan Club. Oh, and here comes the president of the fan club. Take it away, Mr. Showbiz! Hi, everybody. In fact, hi, hello, and how are you, as I should say. I'm Sid Griffin. You're riffing with Griffin. It's nice to be back in the air again. We don't get to do these as often as I wanted. I initially said we'd have guest stars on the show. We haven't had a single one. I initially said we'd be doing them every two months. We're doing them about every 10 weeks, but that's just the way it goes. It's some, some, summer in the some, some, summer. So it's uh, going to start off with a little Brian Wilson from his uh, Imagination record on uh, uh, Giant Records, his Imagination LP from 1998. The reason I started with this song is someone sent me a beautiful film clip of Lee Chaffis and his band, The Quints, the lately great Lee Chaffis and his band, The Quints, at the 1965 New York World's Fair. And Lee left us about 10 years ago. So it was really something to see this silent footage of uh, my old friend at the 1965 World's Fair doing his thing. And when uh, I saw it, I realized, um, hey, well, this isn't Lee and the guys playing. And it was this song by Brian Wilson playing. And it's called Your Imagination, as I said, by the great Beach Boy from his second solo LP from 1998.
believe there's a Beach Boys touring right now without a single Wilson in it? Okay, two of them are dead, but Brian's alive, and he is the architect of that sound you're hearing right now. And this is the music that was played over the silent color footage of my friend Lee Chaffetz and his old band, The Quints, playing at the New York World's Fair in 65. I found it very moving to see footage of my old buddy, the long rider's old buddy, Lee Chaffetz. And I forgot I had that record in my collection. I asked somebody what it was. They said, you already own that record. That's what happens when you collect too many records, kids. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. The next song we're going to play is by Brian's dear friends and, and rivals, Jan and Dean. It's It's summer. It's summer from the Tammy Show in 1964. I try and explain this what the Tammy Show was to people by this 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 method. You heard of Woodstock, right? They go, yeah. Woodstock, of course, blew the uh, not the it didn't just end the 60s. It blew it ended the innocence of rock and roll. And after Woodstock, it, live gigs and tours stopped being amateur night, which they were. And uh, everything became uber professional. The money men really moved in. I mean. Until Cream's 68 Tour of America, tours of rock and roll bands in the States and anywhere else on the planet, for that matter, were just very, very haphazard affairs. And by Woodstock, less than a year later, if that Cream Farewell Tour, uh, the, when that movie came out, the Money Men came in, and it, we had, it was the industry we knew in the 70s and 80s before the thing imploded about 10 years ago, thanks to our friend Steve Jobs. Anyway, before Woodstock was the Monterey Pop Festival in 67, that was another kick up the pants, although nothing like Woodstock, although aesthetically, creatively, the music was better at Monterey Pop. And before that, the first big one was Tammy, 1964, Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, where the Rolling Stones, the Beach Boys, James Brown, Marvin Gaye, Leslie Gore, Chuck Berry, and so, and Jerry and the Pacemakers off the top of my head. Yeah, so many others rock and rolled it. Anyway, this is Jan and Dean doing the theme for the 1964 Tammy show. Here they come from all over the world. And listen to them reference the Rolling Stones from Liverpool. Chuck Berry's checking in from St. Louis. He's gonna see Maybelline in Memphis too. The representative from New York City is Leslie Gore. Now she sure looks pretty. Here they come. From all over the world. Here they come. From all over the world. You know the guitar's proven, so keep it moving. And come on, come on, come on. Everybody's singing the biggest sound you've ever heard. A clapping and a stomping while the guitar's screaming. You better go spread the word. Don't forget the Motor City sounds of the day. The baby loving Supremes and Marvin Gaye, the king of the blues, soulful James Brown, the Beach Boys singing now. I get around, you get around. The guitar's proven, so keep it all moving. And come on, come on, come on. They're coming from all over the world. 
Those bad looking guys with the moppy long hair The Rolling Stones and Liverpool have gotta be there Jerry and the pacemakers, Billy J too They're all gonna be there to sing for you Here they come Here they come You know the guitar's grooving So keep it all moving And come on, come on Grooviness, maximum grooviness with Jan and Dean, who I quite like. Like Keith Moon, I'm actually a, a bit of a Jan and Dean fanatic, to tell you the truth. A lot of fun in that music, a lot of fun. This next song is a lot of fun. Everybody knows surf music when they think of the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean. A lot of vocals, a lot of Phil Spector influence. Everybody knows surf music, the instrumentals, Dick Dale, and the, uh, uh, doing Miser Lou and uh, Let's Go Trippin' and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, Eddie and the Showman and the Sentinels and so many amazing bands from Southern California. There was one I really liked called the Centurions had a hit called Intoxica that they recorded for uh, Bob Keen, the guy that ran Keen Records and had Richie Valens. And of course, uh, he ran Delphi Records, excuse me. But Bob Keen had Richie Valens for the plane crash, of course, doing La Bamba, Donna. And he had uh, he had the Bobby Fuller Four. And he was doing real well in Delphi. And um, he left the business. And when uh, our man uh, Quentin Tarantino put a lot of his songs in Pulp Fiction, he got a huge paycheck so he had the tapes at his house and he reactivated the label about mid-90s or late-90s when the checks came in. And he put Delphi uh, CDs out, which were mainly compilations, some of the old stuff that he had on the walls. And the one about the Centurions, I really like the Centurions. From their, I want to play a song called Intoxica from 1962 on a Delphi album called, Sajama, called Get Ready, Surfer's Pajama Party. They had a, a, a horn section along with their guitars. Really good surf guitars. And what I really like is uh, Dennis Rose was the group's lead guitar player. And his mother, Erna, Mrs. Rose, managed the band and drove them from to gigs in her 1959 Plymouth for years and years and years. Bless her heart. And at age 77, she was presented a platinum album for the soundtrack to the Pulp Fiction movie. Because that soundtrack had a Centurion song on it, of course. Bullwinkle Part 2. And so when Pulp Fiction's soundtrack went uh, uh, platinum, the band got a platinum album. Yes, the Centurions got a platinum album for their one song on it. Unfortunately, I'm not that keen on Bullwinkle Part 2, but this is Intoxica by the exact same band. And she would now be, oh my gosh, early 90s if she's still alive. And if she is, Erna Rose, you're a wonderful mother. Bless you for taking care of your son's rock and roll band.
The Centurions. Mrs. Rose. Your son plays good guitar. Hey, got a quivy, quiver stick there. It's what we call a whammy bar now, but it was called a quiver stick when they started. Just got word the great Horace Silver at age 85 is no longer with us. Uh, I guess my favorite song of his is Break City from the Blowing the Blues Away album. Really hard bop. What a, what a great jazz musician. Horace Silver, you are missed. Uh, moving right along, though. We're going to stay as far away from Horace Silver music as you possibly could in a way. I'm No offense to Mr. Silver. He was a great influence. Listen to Song for My Father. That's another winner, too. Um, this is the Astronauts. Now, they were nominally known as an instrumental surf, forward slash surf band, like something like The Ventures of the Sentinels or Eddie and the Showman or, uh, you know, Dick Dale's Outfit, whatever, that kind of thing. Anyway. The interesting thing about the astronauts is they're from Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, Boulder, Colorado. Can you dig that? They had three lead guitar players. Before Moby Grape, they had three lead guitar players. And uh, they had a minor hit in America in the summer of 63, which is the, the summer for rock, for rock and roll instrumentals, if you ask me. They had a number 39 with this song called Baja. Baja was later covered by John Paul Jones, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. When he was a solo actor, he's doing sessions in 65, 66, and doing a lot of sessions for Herman's Hermits, Donovan, so on and so forth. And uh, he did a, a wonderful version of this and put it out under his own name as a single in 65 here in England, but didn't do anything. Anyway, this is the astronauts doing Baja. I want to send it out to my cousin, the late Mason Ralph, because he had the album from whence it came and told me how good the astronauts were. And this is, he probably said that in 63 or 64. And although Cousin Mason's no longer with us, he was right. The astronauts were good. Here's Baja. Thank you. 
I can tell you now that's a Fender Twin Reverb, old tube one. My other take is the rhythm guitar might be a Fender, but that that thing doing that da 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 boom boom and all that that's a Moserite. I can tell you that right now. See me Mosley wherever you are. I know you're up in heaven. See me Mosley. I had a Moserite. God bless you. And of course Johnny Th- Johnny Thunders. That's wrong, Sid. Johnny Ramone of the Ramones played Moserites. I think he played Moserites exclusively. So uh, he must have, maybe he got the idea from the guy in the Astronauts or one of the th- three guitar players of the Astronauts. I used to be buddies, well, still am buddies, but I don't live in L.A. anymore. But when I was in L.A., those many happy years, I was buddies with a guy named uh, Denny Bruce, not Lenny Bruce, Denny Bruce. And Denny Bruce was once a young man and uh, no offense, Denny. He was once a very young man in the 60s and his roommates were two guys that you might have heard of. One of his roommates, these three bachelors, was a guy called Neil Young. And the other roommate was a guy called Jack Nitschke. This is the last year, last six months of the Buffalo Springfield on into the next year, the first year of Mr. Young's solo career and that first solo album. Uh, the one that's just called Neil Young, Neil Young with a sort of painted portrait on the cover. Anyway, Jack Nitschke's most famous for being the Phil Spector's arranger. And Jack Nitschke did all the great, I think, I think I'm right in saying all the great arrangements for Phil Spector to do a run, to do a run, run the Christmas album, "Be My Baby," so on and so forth. Then he kissed me. That's my favorite Spector song. Anyway, Jack Nitschke was uh, later went on to work, of course, for for Neil Young, and he's no longer with us. But I'll tell you what, summer of '63, he had a, uh, I think, a number twenty nine in the states with this one. It's it's an amazing instrumental because it, it's a surf. Phil Spector instrumental with a big, big production. And why he didn't follow it up with more hit singles and more releases, I don't know. But I know Warner Brothers was grateful when it graced, when it smashed into the top 40. Uh, Jack, you know, people know you for Neil Young and they know you for Phil Spector and they know you for the soundtrack for performance. But this, Jack, this is, this is what I know you for.
listen to that production. Joe Osborne on bass might be, or maybe it's Glenn Campbell on six-string bass. Of course, one of the great tricks Jack Nitschke used for the Phil Spector sessions to get that wall of sound is you'd have four grand pianos all playing the same thing at the same time. You might have three bass players playing the same part at the same time. So on, so four guitar players playing the same part at the same time, same way, blah, blah, blah. That's how one reason, not the, but this one key reason they got the, the big fat sound. Anyway, that's Jack Nitschke with Lonely Surfer, summer 1963, which is my transition record here. Uh, Everybody knows uh, Ba 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 Baran and California Girls and all those wonderful records by the Beach Boys, the early ones. But starting with California Girls, those first 30 seconds of California Girls, which feels more like September than summer, you start seeing on autumnal, even wintry, or as mediocre record critics would say, dark side to Brian Wilson. Great cliche, it's a dark album, you know. But once the fun in the sun had been exhausted by Brian Wilson, he really shifted gears. And I, I thought post Pet Sounds, they came up with some terrific stuff. I mean, nothing's as good as Pet Sounds, but I, I liked Wild Honey. I liked the Friends album. I liked 2020. I thought they were good records. In fact, I think Friends is a terrific record. It's Brian Wilson's favorite Beach Boy X album. Anyway, I'm trying to give you examples of stuff that Brian Wilson would have heard and maybe, who knows, been inspired by that's not Brian Wilson. In 1968, there was an album, the first of these uh, superstar jam session albums. It was called Cooper Session. It went gold after about two decades. And I think it's creeping up towards platinum in the same way that the Ramones' first album has just gone gold. Just gone gold. And I bought it in 76. Did it come out or did it come? Yeah, 76 I bought it. I bought it, bought it in fall 76. And it's just gone gold here in 2014. Go figure that one. Anyway, Cooper Session was Al Cooper. Lead guitar player was Michael Bloomfield. He split halfway through the sessions. They drafted in Stephen Stills, who, like Neil Young, dig my segue, had just split from the Buffalo Springfield, was at odds about what to do. So on one side, you get the same band with Mike Bloomfield on guitar playing blues. On the flip side, you get Stephen Stills playing a more country-esque version of, of Psychedelia, kind of. And it, it's a great record called Cooper Session, K-O-O-P-E-R, after my friend Al Cooper. The record ended with something that had nothing to do with the rest of the album. It ended with a song played in, by the guys and written by the bass player on the album, the great bassist Harvey Brooks. Harvey Brooks, of course, was in a number of, of... He was Dylan's bass player when he went electric initially till Robbie Robertson and Levin Helm convinced him to hire Rick Danko and the rest of the, the Hawks, later to be the band. But he was Dylan's initial uh, bass player and he played on a lot of sessions. He's a great guy and I should shut up now and let you hear what I'm talking about. If Brian Wilson didn't hear this, I don't know who did. This is an instrumental from Cooper's Session, last song on the album, and it's called Harvey's Tune, written by... Da-da-da-da, Harvey Brooks. <laughs> Thank you. 
Isn't that great? I mean, is it from the 30s? Is it from the 40s? Is it from the 50s? No, it's a bunch of hippies in 68. Fabulous. Well done, Al Cooper. Well done, Harvey Brooks. I got another one for you. I was in New York about 10 days ago. Not about. I was in New York 10 days ago. I was, in, I was in Manhattan. I was at the Archive of Recorded Sound with my friend Fast Freddie Patterson. And Fred Patterson let me in early to do a little shopping. What they do is they have two of everything. For instance, Maya Angelou, like Louis Farrakhan, the late Maya Angelou started out as a singer, singing Calypso, like Farrakhan did, like many other people, you know, did start out singing, didn't happen, she became a poet. I'm not, I'm not joking. So they're trying to have two of every uh, legitimate recorded recording, right? So we're talking about all these people who've done this great thing, and the, the sale began Saturday, because if they have three, four, or more, they try and get rid of this stuff, because it's all going to fit in a warehouse. I'm not making this up. So I'm in Manhattan on White Street, and they let me in on the Friday before the Saturday sale began. So I, I you know, just so I could buy what I wanted in, in peace and quiet. And they were finishing up and putting all the stalls out and all this monkey business. And I'm shopping, and I look over at a guy, and he looks familiar, and he looks over at me and smiles. And we're shopping, and I said something about Gene Clark, and this voice behind me goes, That would be Gene Clark of the Boyds. Kind of like that. And I talked to the guy, then I talked to him about bicycles, and somebody whispered in my ear, that's Carl Bernstein of Woodward and Bernstein. And I went, what? Yeah, that's Carl Bernstein, the guy from Woodward and Bernstein who broke open the Watergate case against President Nixon. And it was Carl Bernstein. So I had a double thrill. I had a triple thrill when I found this one. I got McCartney's Ram album for a friend. It was the original album, remastered all that. His second solo album. Uh, the third CD of the pack is actually, well, the third disc of the pack is a DVD of film shot at the time. And the second uh, disc of the pack is a CD of outtakes in the session. And there was one I loved a lot. I'll bet Brian Wilson uh, would love it if he could hear this. It, it's just come out last year on the Ram reissue. Anyway, this is Paul McCartney fooling around in the New York studio with a bunch of session players in spring 1971 on a song called Sunshine Summertime. Fast Freddy, you're not a Beatles fan, but brother, this is for you.
Sounds like something off the Beach Boy album Friends, which, as I said, is Brian's favorite Beach Boys album. Brian Wilson, I mean, when I say Brian. And no, I don't know him. So why am I calling him by his first name? I met him a bunch, but he wouldn't remember me. He's a guy you got to get on his good side because he's mostly deaf in one ear. <laughs> so you're wasting your time. You're talking to him in the, in the year that's 80% deaf. Brian, brother, that's for you. That's Paul McCartney from Spring 71 in Manhattan. And uh, Kevin Stokes, my engineer of Souther Still, right? Mm-hmm. Reminds me, today is Paul McCartney's birthday. Happy birthday, James Paul McCartney. That's his full name. Happy birthday, sir. Sir Paul McCartney. Sir James Paul McCartney. Right, Ram. By the way, Ram was an LP that was disliked at the time. And now you, I listen back and I think it's his first solo album to try and do the Beatles thing in the way that Flowers in the Dirt and, um, oh, what's that one I liked that came out after the anthology? I can't remember off the top of my head. He's, he's tried the sort of Beatles sound several times. And um, anyway, that was the first one, I think. Ram, he got that Beatles sound. But let's, let's move on. I used to work for a guy named Nick Stewart, as I've said on the show before. He's the guy that discovered U2, and he, and he signed the Long Riders as well. Nick worked for Chris Blackwell uh, of Island Records. We were all signed to Island Records back in the day. And under Nick's tutelage, I became part of the Dream Team around 1995, doing reissues for Nick for the next few years, along with John Tobler and a lot of other groovy guys. I think Neil's story was there. Anyway, it's a really good crowd to be a part of. And I remember Mike Gill, who used to work for Billy Gaff. Billy Gaff was the manager of Rod Stewart and the Faces back during their Stay With Me forward slash Maggie May days. And uh, Mike Gill had an, um, some amazing stories. And, and one day he called me up and he said, Young Griffin, which is how he and Nick Stewart always talked to me, even though I was like four or five years younger than they were. Young Griffin, I found five Rod Stewart songs from 72, 73, and I want you to hear them. I'm going to try and get the great man to sign off on them, which means let the label release them. And on a Rod Stewart uh, anthology call, I think it was Chronicles, was in the Chronicles series, the Mercury Years, Stuart did let us put them out. And the stuff was good. But there was one that was really amazing that should have come out on the Smiler album. from, Or, or maybe it was going to go in that Greatest Hits package he put out in 73. I don't know. But it's Rod Stewart in summer of 73. It didn't come out a year later on Smiler. It should have. It's him doing the song, the Gershwin song, George and I were Gershwin song, that, of course, uh, Ella Fitzgerald made so, so famous and deservedly so. It's Ella's song to many, many people. You can hear me struggling with the the uh, CD book because I'm going to double check that the Gershwins wrote that and uh, it's every time we say goodbye and it's just a terrific terrific version and um, yeah that's Cole Porter sorry every time we say goodbye is written by Cole Porter the guy who named my uh, band we're C-O-A-L and he's C-O-L-E but anyway every time we say goodbye by Rod Stewart from summer 73 Mike Gill's no longer with us as well there's a lot of dead people on this show I'm sorry to say Jack Nitsche's no longer with us oh my gosh they're dropping like flies Anyway, wherever Mike Gill is, I want—I just want to say, brother, you're right. It's a great track. Rod should have put it out back in the day. Bye. 
Some might say. Terrific Rod Stewart version. A little sloppy, but so what? A lot of a lot of the Rod Stewart first five albums that he did, those classic albums from the Rod Stewart album, Gasoline Alley, Every Picture Tells a Story, Never a Dull Moment, Smiler. A lot of that, if you listen closely on headphones, it's it's not particularly tight, but there's real warmth to it. Anyway, that was summer of seventy-three for the late great guy. And in that same vein, I was thinking, who else has got an influence of I don't know. This is sort of where Rod Stewart, I guess, got that idea to do that American Songbook stuff, which he's done, what, five volumes of now? And he's they're selling, I don't know what they do in Europe, but in America, they go double platinum. Anyway, in that same vein, some vaguely uh, Americana saloon singer, Tony Bennett, Vic Damone, Frank Sinatra kind of vibe. Uh, there's the band NRBQ. They have a new album out. Only Terry Adams from my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, still in the band. The other three guys are recent arrivals. But this is NRBQ doing a, a song everybody here knows, but you've never heard played like this. It's a beautiful version of uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein's uh, classic song, Getting to Know You, Getting to Know You, Getting to Know Hey All About You.
I miss Joey Spompanato being an NRBQ. I don't deny it. But if Terry Adams doesn't have talent, I don't know who does. Talent, style, sass, and a, just a real musical personality. All the best. NRBQ, their new album called Brass Tax, from whence that track came. Sending that one out to Frank Brandon at Burnside Record Distribution in Portland, Oregon, because Frank Brandon was kind enough to alert me to the new NRBQ album. Frank, thank you, buddy. I was on uh, Peter North's show, the Canadian DJ's nationally, uh, not nationally syndicated, nationally broadcast show in Canada called The Great White North. Get it? Peter North? Show in Canada on radio called Great White North? Clever, eh? Anyway, Peter sent me some things. He sent me a a CD, an album called The Gift, a tribute to Ian Tyson. Ian Tyson is the Ian of Ian and Sylvia, Someday Soon, uh, You Were On My Mind, so on and so forth. The French Girl that Gene Clark recorded was one of, was the uh, an Ian and Sylvia song during the basement tapes more on that later which I'm heavily involved in this basement tapes HBO special which is going to come out in November I think it's November 21st um Ian Tyson oh, what I was going to say is Dylan did four Ian and Sylvia songs in the original basement tapes batch which has been bootlegged widely and which I wrote about in my book Million Dollar Bash which is being reissued in November anyway I'm just trying to give you the pedigree to be enticing, but more to the point, besides being a great songwriter, there's a lot, as in a lot of singer-songwriters out there that want to be enticing, particularly the dudes. And the reason is, he really is a cowboy. I think he's in Alberta now. He's got a big ranch, and he really is a cowboy. He works the ranch, you know, rides the rails, ropes them doggies, gets them steers back in the herd and the whole thing. He's, he's not playing at it. He is that. As I said in another podcast, Podcast, it's like Dustin Hoffman said in Little Big Man when he's dressed up as an Indian, you know, doing a... He was playing a Native American in the movie Little Big Man. He memorably said, We wasn't playing Indians! We was Indians! And so Ian Tyson's not a joke. Anyway, Peter North of the Great White North, I had, he had me on his show for about... I was on an hour. They gave me a whole career retrospective. I'm not joking. And uh, he sent me this... A wonderful record called The Gift, a tribute to Ian Tyson. It's on Stony Plain Records out of Canada. And true to form, what song did I like the best? It's What Does She See, an Ian Tyson song I was familiar with, recorded by, of course, my old friend, Chris Hillman. This is the girl for everyone And everyone's waiting on her beck and call Well-read and well-bred and lovely as sunrise This is the girl with it all What does she see? What does she see? In that old cowboy He's no longer young The battles he's won Are all in the past She could have so much more When he walks through the door Her eyes never leave him It's plain to see To fools like me She's happy at last Mm -hmm. 
takes her walking in fields of blue bonnets. He takes her dancing down in Mexican town. She cries for him when he's off to Montana. And me, I'm just hanging around. What does she see? What does she see? In that old cowboy. He's no longer young. The battles he's won are all in the past. She could have so much more when he walks through the door. Her eyes never leave him. It's plain to see to fools like me. She's happy at last. And it's plain to see to fools like me. She's happy at last. I do love old Chris Hillman. Sorry, Chris, didn't mean to call you old. But what a talent. He had lunch with Peter Noon the other day. Lunch with Herman of Herman's Hermits. They did. In California, they had lunch together. They apparently lived near each other. And Peter looked at Chris after they're talking about their careers and said, You know, I'm an entertainer, Chris. And you're a musician. And I think that's true, and there's no disgrace to either gentleman. No disgrace at all. This next song is by one of Chris's dear buddies. Um, they're going to be over in the UK really soon. In fact, the first song off this particular CD by the John Jorgensen Bluegrass Band is called Beautiful Sound, and it's written by Chris Hillman and John Jorgensen. John was Chris's left-hand man in the Desert Rose Band because his right-hand man was Herb Peterson of the Dillards. And Herb Peterson is, of course, also a member of the John Jorgensen Bluegrass Band. So it's a, a, a pretty cool release. I've got a pre-release CD because the whole thing's not out till autumn. But you're going to hear track two written by, I think, John David Souther, unless it's Kevin Stokes, our engineer from Souther Still, because the credit for I Will Shelter You, which we're about to play, is Souther forward slash Jorgensen, or Jorgensen, as we actually see in the United States. And you say, the John Jorgensen Bluegrass Band. By the way, it has Mark Fain on bass, who's on Get Ready. Plays bass on Get Ready. Ready? My first solo album in 10 years, which I hope to put out this September, called The Trick Is To Breathe. And we're going to have a Trick Is To Breathe track Next, after this, the worldwide debut of my first solo album in 10 years after this. Anyway, the, the band is uh, John Jorgensen on mandolin guitar vocals, Herb Peterson on banjo and vocals. Herb, a good enough banjo player to replace Earl Scruggs and Flatten Scruggs when Earl got sick on a couple of gigs in 1968. How about that? The great John Randall on guitar and vocals. I know B Whispering Bob Harris is a big John Randall fan. Mark Fain on bass, who played on my solo record, The Trick Is To Breathe. It's a, it's a great record. And where are they going to be? Well, I'll play the song now, and then I'll tell you where the John Jorgensen Bluegrass Band is going to be in about 10 days. <laughs> Time I think I'm clear 
Sounds like the Beatles playing bluegrass. The John Jorgensen Bluegrass Band, they call him J2B2. And that song is called I Will Shelter You, written by John David Souther and John Jorgensen. Where are they going to play, you ask yourself. You don't have to wait 10 days. I meant in three minutes I'd tell you where they're going to play. But the gigs are in about 10 days. July 3rd, they're at the Green Hotel with my dear friend David Mundell up in Scotland in Kinross, the Green Hotel, yeah. They're at Hague House, as in Alexander Haig. You don't even know who that is. It's in General Hague, Hague House in Liverpool on the 4th of July, no doubt celebrating American independence with a bunch of bluegrass to the Scousers. July 5th, they're at Holden Hall in Cheadle Hume. Is that how you pronounce it? Outside uh, Manchester, isn't it? It says Stockport, Cheadle Hume School, Holden Hall. Um, then they're in North Wales at what looks like, it can't be G-W-E-S-T-Y, is it my Welsh friends? It says the Gwesty Victorian Hotel, please, I, I mispronounced that, at Manai Bridge in North Wales. M-A-N-A-I. Who boy, Kentucky lets you down when it's time to pronounce Welsh words. July 7th, they're at Le Cucumbar in Battersea, London. Tickets still available, by the way. July 8th, that the Tivoli Theatre in Wimborne. I don't know where W-I-M... B-O-R-N-E is. I've been here 22 years, but I think it's in England. That's July 8th. July 9th, they're at the famous Troubadour in the Earl's Court area of London. So Londoners, you have two chances to see him, the 7th and the 9th. I adore John Jorgensen. He's not only in the Desert Rose Band for many happy years with Chris Hillman. He then was on retainer for Elton John's fine band and played, of course, funny enough, with Elton John. So you know if you do that kind of pedigree, musically speaking, you're a groovy dude. Right! Sid Griffin. Solo album. First one in 10 years is going to be out, uh, I hope, in September. We're having some uh, problems with this and that, mainly my schedule. Uh, it's called The Trick Is To Breathe. The COAL Cole Porter certainly exists. In fact, we're going to record a new album in September or October. But I, I got bored last uh, February, March, and, and cut this solo album in Nashville, Tennessee. Mark Fain of, of the John Georgian band, as I said twice, is on bass. This is me on guitar, Mark Fain on bass. Uh, I believe Paul Griffiths is on uh snare with brushes 
uh, is Sierra Hull playing on it? I think she is. And I think Thomas Lutz is playing guitar as well. This is something I'm very proud of. It's the lead track. It's called Ode to Bobby Gentry, asking where the great lady is and why can't she sing for us anymore. It was the 3rd of July, another droopy, sultry Vegas day. Rehearsals were starting and I knew I wouldn't get my way. My band took five and I walked back to my dressing room. The director shouted, girl, you better be back soon. Said the union was not happy with the lights in here. I knew my last performance was drawing near. My manager said, Don't listen to a thing they say. of its bluster and I promise that you'll get your way Five more rehearsals you'll be ready come the opening night My heart danced to beat yet something wasn't feeling right It seems like no one ever comes to no good in the showbiz world the Mississippi and me laughing as a little girl Wardrobe said hey remember back in 67 you were Chickasaw County thinking this town's heaven yeah hoping that God fancy somehow Look at me I got it all But oh lord what now When you get what you wish for You better not complain Success is awfully costly But it surely ought to hide my pain Just said what's happened to your appetite Catering cooked your favorites And you haven't even touched a bite That nice billboard rider Man, he dropped by today Said you might get the cover Oh, by the way Said he saw you early on And he knew you'd rise to the top Sometimes you rise too high And you just can't stop
Christmas night in 78 was my last gig It was walk away softly or stay until I flipped my wig I left the stage, the lights, the headlines and the limousines too Time is my time I do what I want to do Seems I spend a lot of time Picking flowers below Choctaw Ridge And laugh at the reflection In the water underneath the bridge And laugh at the reflection In the water underneath the bridge beautiful i think it's a beautiful track those nashville cats then they play clean as country water no it's not owed to billy joe it's owed to bobby gentry where did the great lady go where did she go it's from my album first solo album in a decade called the trick is to breathe out in september i hope it's out on the 18th which is my 21st birthday the next song is called i just saw uh, i rehearsed with the cold porters the other night uh exactly 15 nights ago we rehearsed at the Betsy Trotwood Pub. And I raced across town to see my dear friends from New York City, the Flesh Tones, play. There's a DVD out on the Flesh Tones, A History of the Flesh Tones. There's a brilliant book by Joe Bonaro called Sweat, just Sweat by Joe Bonaro about the history of the Flesh Tones. They're the only CBGB's band from the New York punk scene to have never stopped playing. In other words, you can still go see them now. And unlike, say, Blondie and other bands which broke and reformed, or the Ramones, which don't exist anymore... The Flesh Tones never stopped playing. They're a brilliant band. Their uh, newest album is called Wheel of Talent, and it's on the Yep Rock label. And it's just, I think it's a brilliant record. This is track seven. Uh, it's called What I've Done Before. It's it's a little, slight departure from the normal sound, which is a raucous party, frat rock, Springsteen uh, garage band sound. That makes no sense to you, does it? Well, it does to me. Anyway, Peter Zrem and Keith Strang are my dear friends, but I think they're wonderful. This is from the Wheel of Talent CD, as I said, What I've Done Before. Flesh Tones, you rock my world, and I'm not joking. Crazy life I must have lived But before our big day I just feel that I've got to say What I can only imagine is on your mind Now listen girl
nothing changes I'm a dog that can't learn anything new But before you take my hand You've just got to understand That this old dog is so in love with you And that's why I'm saying I won't do it No, no I won't do it I won't do it I won't do you what I've done before You just wait and see Because You'll be proud You cast your love with me, yes Peter Zaremba would agree, but I don't think he or Keith Strang or Billy would mind me saying that's got kind of a Springsteen magic feel to it, E Street Band feel to it. I wish they were as big as Springsteen. They deserve it. Last song of the night is going to go out. Uh, it's Wilco Johnson and Roger Daltrey. Wilco's now uh, recovering, as it were, from a, yet another operation. So many people we've lost to cancer. Terry Adams of uh, NRBQ, the guy I was just singing the praises of a little while ago, he had a throat cancer thing which put him out of action in 2005 through 2007. Uh, my cousin Mason I mentioned tonight and listeners of these podcasts will remember he's no longer with his cancer got him. I think he was 58 or 59 about four years ago. Wilco Johnson battling cancer. They say he, he uh, is losing the battle but for a guy that was supposed to be dead in March... He's trucking on into, uh, first it was October of last year, then it was March, and now it's June and he's still with us, and I hope he's with us for many more years to come. He has a brilliant record out with Roger Daltrey, The Who. I wish Daltrey would do more things like this instead of just doing The Who back catalog over and over again. The album's on chess, <laughs> and it's Wilco Johnson Ford slash Roger Daltrey. The name of the album is Going Back Home. I've chosen this as my final song of the night. It sounds more than a bit like the Flesh Tones, and it's a Bob Dylan song, Can You Please Crawl Out Your Window, that was a, uh, an unsuccessful single for him back in the days when he was hot with things like Like a Rolling Stone and Positively 4th Street on the charts. But this one didn't do very well. And it'll bring me to once again mentioned uh, I'm off to New York to work on some uh, Bob Dylan stuff. And in late November... There's going to be a uh, HBO special on the Basement Tapes directed by the great Sam Jones, the director that did the uh, fantastic You're Trying to Break My Heart documentary for Wilco. Anyway, here's Wilco Johnson and Roger Daltrey doing a Bob Dylan song. And at the end of it, I'll say sayonara and express my deep love to all of you for listening in.
one of the guys at my gym, I go to the gym on Saturday morning trying to stay in shape. One of the guys at my gym had Wilco as an English teacher 40 years ago, back when there was full employment in the UK. And Wilco had the entire class write an essay on Tommy by the Who. They played the record, half the record one day, because it's a two LP set, talked about it. The next day, they at the same time, you know, the session, whatever it was, they played the other half of the record. And he said, okay, this is what it's, we've discussed what it's about now. For Friday, I guess it was, I want everybody to write a two-page, you know, 500-word essay on why this moved you or didn't move you. Go figure. Wilco, the great man from Game of Thrones and Dr. Feelgood guitar from the Solid Senders, as an English teacher in a, in, a, in a state high school. Go figure that one. Canvey Island, what are you guys thinking out there? Wilco, God bless you. Roger Daltrey, God bless you. Thanks to everybody who's appeared on this show playing their music tonight. It's a beautiful cosmic love thing. I'm Sid Griffin. This is our podcast for June and July of 2014. Thanks to Sonia. Thanks to Kevin Stokes. Everybody listen in because there's a lot of groovy things going on in my uh, professional life with the solo record and the Cole Porter's new album. Bye, Carenza. See ya. See ya.